I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Have you gotten wrong with yet? Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, one and o time. Hey guys, that was a win time. Don't know if a lot of people feel like it was a win time, but but maybe they should time. Long way to go this season time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a sunny Friday morning. Nice, cool Friday morning. Sun shining here in God's Own Knoxville, Tennessee. Fort Rucker Studio just a couple of miles away from Neyland Stadium where late last night uh, the Tennessee Volunteers began their 2021 season, the first under Josh Heupel with a 38-6 win over Bowling Green. Not just me on this episode. Let's go across town perhaps to that undisclosed location somewhere in the Knoxville area and go to the one and the only Patrick Brown. And and Pat, I gotta ask you, man, first off, uh first off, how how are you how you doing this morning? I know it, it's been uh it, it's it's not been much time since uh since we last spoke, but uh it, it's uh early morning considering. It's, it's new territory, West, because this is my first football game I've covered since uh, my twin sons were born. They are eight months old now, um, and they get up about 6.30 every morning, regardless of whatever I'm doing. So uh, leaving the stadium a little bit before two last night, I kept thinking, oh, my kids will be up for about four hours. So that was a bit new. But, uh, you know, um, I don't need a whole lot of sleep to operate, so I'm doing okay so far. Yeah, I, I used to not need much sleep. Now I do. I got home uh, about – I think I left the stadium about 2.45 or, or got home just a little bit after 3, maybe, maybe about three ten after 3, and then just could not go to sleep. I don't know why. I guess I'd had too much caffeine during the game and had, you know, too many things on my mind, and, you know, Gus was awake and just sitting there kind of wanting to attention. I was like, just go to bed, man, and he didn't want to either, so he and I sat there. Uh, eating junk food and watching movies until probably like almost five. <laughs> it was just here we are, just a few hours later, recording this podcast. So, uh, what's that? Uh, what's that? The the old football coach Tennessee used to say: "Snap and clear, snap and clear, move on." Uh, but it I do. Kind of sounds like we should. Kind of sounds like we should have just done it right. <laughs> no kidding, right? We thought about it, but I was like, "No, nah, that's cruel." But this might be even more cruel. I'm not really sure which one's more cruel. Nonetheless, here we are talking about Tennessee's 38-6 to win over Bowling Green. And there's a lot to talk about in this episode. And we're going to squeeze as much as we can into a relatively short amount of time. Uh, I think we decided we're going to spend the second uh, segment of this episode discussing sort of perhaps maybe some overreaction from the, from the parts of others. But before we do all that, 
if we're going to discuss the overreaction of others, I think we need to discuss our own reactions to the game uh, and sort of what we expected to see, what what we liked, what we didn't like, what we're not sure about. If you want to go, we got a right now we got a ton of coverage up on GoVols247.com. Uh, we got Pat wrote his you know instant like VIP analysis. I wrote my column. We've got all kinds of other sidebars. Uh, little features after the game. We got more post game features coming throughout the day and the weekend. So there is a lot to discuss about the game. But Pat, just your just sort of general thoughts on the game at first. What were they? Um, it was a starting point. That was my general thought. I mean, this was the first game um, with a new team and with the new staff. Uh, I don't think anybody expected them to be perfect right out of the gates, and they weren't. Um, and, and I think that's the takeaway is that this is a starting point for, for Tennessee under Josh Heupel. Um, and I think the other takeaway is what do we really know about this team? Cause, um, I, I thought they kept things pretty simple game plan wise, what they did. I don't, I don't know if they did anything too exotic. I think they kept it pretty vanilla on defense and, and, and played pretty well, but Bowling Green wasn't a very good offense last season. And, and I don't think they're going to be putting up a lot of points this season in the Mac either. Uh, and offensively, it, it kind of confirmed what, you know, I, I feel like, speaking for myself, I feel like that's what we thought coming in, that it, that it would be a little inconsistent, and it was very inconsistent. So, um, and, and that wasn't just the quarterback play, it was a little bit of everything. So, um, that, that was my takeaway, and, and my takeaway is that this is the starting point. This is the first game. You're not, you, you can't expect it to be, uh, Tennessee to be a well-oiled machine, particularly on offense, because this is the first time uh, for these players to play this in a, in a in a game with a different team on the other side doing their you know doing their thing, and um, you, you know you can you can go tempo and, and rep it in practice and scrimmages, and it's different when you get on the lights and in, in front of the crowd and, uh, and and with a different team on the other side. So um, it, it was kind of comfortable yet uninspiring, I would say, but. Um, you know, it, it'll be all forgotten if they go out and play differently and play better against Pittsburgh. Yeah, there were, I mean, I think there's a couple things to note about that game. The first off is that, and I don't, this is not an excuse by any means. This is, I think, more of an explanation than an excuse. Let's not forget that was the first game playing with Brand new systems on both sides of the ball. That was the first game with the new quarterback, the first game under a new head coach, the first game uh, with a full house in a long time. There were a lot of things. There were there were a lot of new faces, a lot of faces that we know in more important places. Uh, even some veterans on that team were guys who were in much bigger roles now going into this season. There's a lot of newness out there. And when you look at all of that – I think that puts some perspective on what we saw. I also think you have to give Bowling Green just a tiny smidgen of credit for a couple things. Uh, first off, anytime they could, they did everything they could to shrink that game. Uh, they had a couple of drives that were – and Tennessee didn't get off the field in those drives. But, I mean, they had one drive that was something like 40 yards and it took like seven minutes and 16 seconds. I mean, so they're bleeding as much time as possible when they have the ball, which sometimes – wasn't very often, um, but if they could move the change a couple of times, they would, I mean, milk the clock as much as they could. They milked it as much as possible for a team that had, I think, 10 first downs going into that very last drive against Tennessee's reserve defense. Ended up with 11 first downs in the game. Uh, so I think you need to, for a team that had barely more than 200 total yards, 
and barely at all. They had had eight rushing yards until they had a 24-yard run there in the last minute with nothing at stake, with a, you know, kind of a reserve offense in some ways against um, uh, Tennessee's sort of reserve defense. So I'm not putting a lot of stock in that. What I am putting stock in is we need to talk about Milton. We need to talk about a lot of things on the offense. Right. And I suspect that'll be what we talk about more than anything. But I want to say defensively, I don't care who the first opponent was. The way Tennessee went out there, controlled the line of scrimmage, did not allow uh, any really big plays, did not do – I mean, they they tackled in front of them. They didn't miss a lot of tackles. They pursued pretty well. They flew around the ball like they wanted to. Theo Jackson looked better than I've seen him look during his entire college career, frankly, I thought. And he said that Tennessee's he, – he described Tennessee's current defense as sort of a lot like last year's defense, just a lot simpler. So he – there was no confusion from anyone on where to go, where to line up, and what to go do, and that allowed them to just play football. Uh, so they they weren't doing a lot of, of eye candy defensively. They they weren't doing a lot of stuff like that. They were just kind of lining up, going up and going. And I think there was more last night that I am unsure about than anything else. But in terms of likes and dislikes, I mean maybe about even there. But but more than any of that there were things I was unsure about. Like, I'm not sure what it means just yet because I think over the course of a season with the first-year coaching staff, so many things are going to change. I think in terms of what you can do, what's in front of you for the first game, I, I didn't think it was that bad. I really didn't. No, I mean, it was it was a 32-point win against the team. I, like I said, it was never in doubt. Um, and I agree with you with, on the defense. I don't know how much we could take from it. Um, I thought Theo Jackson played really well. I thought some of those other guys, uh, you know, Trayvon Flowers, I thought some of those guys looked rejuvenated. Um, I thought the defensive line played pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would expect them to do that. It seems like they had a lot of impact on the game, which is what you want to see, whether that was sacks, hurries, um, batted passes. You saw a lot of those things from that group last night, as, and they rolled. Um, I think they played like 10 guys, regular, regular snaps with the with the first-team unit. and. uh mm-hmm. And one of them wasn't Byron Young, who's, who's going to be a guy that's probably going to be on the field a lot when he's back. Um, but, I, I, you know, I don't know how much you can take away from it because I think at, at some point they just decided, okay, we can get pressure with four. This team's not running the ball. Let's not do anything crazy and, and give up something cheap. And so, um, you know, Bowling Green did some good things that second quarter. I thought they did. Uh, I thought they were picking their spots. They were doing a lot of check with me where they would see what defense Tennessee was in and then check at the play kind of, you know, 15, 10 seconds left on the play clock. And, uh, they hit on some wheel routes and some rub routes and some pick routes and things like that um, that, that got them those two clock-chewing drives that sort of shrunk the game and kept them in it for a little while longer, yeah. even though it, it didn't really matter. Um, I, I think you can maybe take more away from it offensively um, just because you saw what this offense could be, uh, and you also saw how much this offense needs to grow, and, and that includes Joe Milton as well. Um, I, I think he – kind of backed up what we said he was going to be right i mean he said he's got this powerful arm i think you almost have to see it in person um and even seeing it from our vantage point in the press box is different than seeing it on the practice field uh you can just see how quickly it gets out of his hand and, and how much zip he can put on it um but we also said that there were some inconsistencies and, and you know said that there were things at, at michigan that he didn't do well where he didn't see the field well and um i think you saw that some uh, on, on Thursday night when he missed some guys that were open, he maybe pulled an RPO when he should have handed it off or, 
Um, you know, maybe didn't trust his eyes. Well, I don't know if there were some things where he just didn't see the field or if he didn't want to pull the trigger and have, you know, he's playing maybe a little hesitant, a little, um, uh, conservative maybe, but at the same time, you got to remember that this guy got here in May, he didn't have a spring and this was his first game in this offense. So, um, he, he doesn't have, he, he is the most talented Tennessee's quarterbacks, but he's also had the less amount of time in the system. And I, I think that has to be taken into consideration. Um, because as he gets more experience, not only in the offense, but this is a guy that's only started five games last season. It was during the COVID season. So it's not like he's got it. It's not like he was a two-year starter that you're getting, right? So yeah. as he gets more experience in this offense and more experience in general, he'll know based on what look he's getting, okay, I've got Prince of Fant running down the seam. And then you can, once he gets that part of it down, then you'll see the, the, the physical attributes that he very clearly has and undeniably has you know, kind of show out more, you know what I mean? So uh, I, I think it's just, a, you know, again, this guy, I, I think some of the reaction to him and some of the disappointment with him is that he kind of got talked up a lot, right? And and really over the last however long, several months, this, you know, we've heard a lot about this offense, how explosive it was, and it kind of sputtered a little bit. Actually, not a little bit. It sputtered a lot uh, on Thursday night, um, especially in the passing game. I think they only had two completions the entire second half. They didn't need to. You know, they, they could they could just keep you know, could have run the ball every play and, and probably won the game by around the same margin. Um, but as you move forward, obviously you can't be one dimensional in this league. You can't be one dimensional against a defense like Pittsburgh's. So, um, but I, I think that's some of the disappointment was that, you know, this guy was talked up, Milton that is, and uh, I, I thought he did some good things. And, and, and Heifel came out after the game, and I think he was kind of kind of scoffed at a, at, at a question asking if they consider changing quarterbacks and thought it was it kind of was just like, no, he very much scoffed at uh, that. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, that, that, that tells you where they are um, with that situation. But uh, again, I just go back to it's, it's the first game for, for him. And again, this is a guy that just got in this offense a couple months ago. He, he only had what 15, 16, 18 practices in it in camp. So and again, and I said this last night, how different is his night if he does hit, you know, the two balls over the top of Cedric Tillman, um, one that they just missed, one he missed by a good margin. Um, and then he made two pretty good throws to Jalen Hyatt. One was a little bit behind him uh, in the first half. Um, but like my dad always told me, if it hits you in the hand, you got to catch it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and another one in the fourth quarter was probably might have been Milton's best throw of the night on sort of a uh, an in route that, Again, if Hyatt catches it, it's first and goal at like the two or three, or he might even scored. So, um, how you know what is the feeling about Milton now if, if those three plays go differently? And and that's just the fine margins of this game. But uh, again, I think I think for what you saw from Milton, I think it's fair to temper expectations and be disappointed without saying, "Well, they need to change quarterbacks already." And I, I think that talk is way too early. Yeah, there there were in addition to those two balls Hyatt should have caught and, and really 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 should have caught. There were two more on the sideline that I think probably should have been caught, and, and I think one of them maybe was Peyton. I'm not sure who the other one was. I don't remember. We you know it's, have, have not have not seen the film yet. Uh, I'm going to go back there and quote a coach. I have not seen the film yet. But there were a couple more balls on the sideline that I thought should have been caught also. So you're talking about four passes there. They go take you from 11 to 23 to 15 of 23. And that's not including the two that overshot Milton by, I mean, overshot Tillman by a little bit. So you're talking 15 of 23 um, for, you know, 
almost 200 yards if those go. So I think you're, you're talking about a different – and, again, even against Bowling Green, would that be that impressive? I, I don't know. I mean, it would be okay. I think the, the way I put it was this, and and I probably could say this for the second segment, but I think I'll go ahead and say it now. I think if you couldn't see from that game why Joe Milton won Tennessee's starting quarterback job, if you can't see why Joe Milton III was not the, the winner of that competition – I think that means you're probably a really close friend or a family member of Hendon Hooker or uh, Harrison Bailey. Because this guy is, I mean, physically gifted does not guarantee you anything. This is the most physically gifted Tennessee quarterback I can remember in terms of everything he possibly could be. And he doesn't have to scratch. He just he doesn't have to even come close to, to, to getting his entire you know, max, maximization of his talent. He doesn't have to maximize his talent to be really, really exciting and, and give Tennessee something that's not had in a while. And, and, I, and he was really exciting the first two drives, I thought, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he had, you know, he was doing everything he needed to do. He was getting the ball on the perimeter fast. He was accurate with some of his throws. Um, you know, you saw the zip on the ball. You saw some of the plays. You saw him. Uh, you know, he had a throw on a rope to Hyatt. I think they ran sort of a uh, on the on the the near side of the field from our vantage point. They ran sort of a cross go route, and then Hyatt broke it off, and, and Milton was direct in traffic because he had all day. And then he just, I mean, this the one that got there really fast, and Hyatt broke a tackle. And was, I think it was Tennessee's biggest play of the game up before the the Tillman touchdown at the end. But, but yeah, I mean, you saw early why, you know, big arm, accurate, you know threat to run it in the red zone that defenses have to account for. You saw that in the first two drives, but then from there on, it was not the same. And that's, that's also the inconsistency that, you know, we saw from Milton in Michigan. Um, and, and I think it's fair to expect that may have gotten overlooked in all of the, Oh, you can throw it 80 yards, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, but yeah, go ahead. No, I, continue I, your point. No, I, I just, I, I think that we saw a guy who I'll put it this way in my column. I don't here here's what my basic thought was, Pat. I don't know how good he's gonna be, but I damn sure want to watch him try to get there. Yeah, it's a fair point. I mean, you can be disappointed and 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 say he didn't play well, and I think he would probably say he didn't play well either, without saying going through the whole thing we've gone through the last four years where uh, let's bench the quarterback and all that stuff about comparing him to Garantano. People need to forget about Jan Garantano. He's three time zones away. He's at Washington State. I don't even know where Pullman is. Right next to Idaho. I don't know how people could have watched that game last night and thought, oh, that's Jared Garantano back there. I think people are just, you know, we see the, I see this on our board a lot, the, the BVS, right? The battered ball syndrome. Mm-hmm. They've seen four years of bad quarterback play. So this new guy that, supposedly was supposed to light it up doesn't light it up doesn't mean you need to bench him right away um let's see what he does against pittsburgh let's see if he gets better you would think that again as i said this is a starting point as as for him and this offense as he gets more experience in this offense running this system as he gets more experience just playing because again his only five starts came in a covid year where you know everything was kind of messed up so uh, let's let's pump the brakes on him. I, I do think on the offense, I do think that the running game looked good. Um, you know, I think Tennessee's got something really nice in Jabari Small and Tyron Evans. 
Uh, those are a couple of standouts for me. Uh, and we got to give credit to Ollie Lane, who is not a guy that we thought would be the next, the first guy off the yeah. bench on the offensive line. Did not at all. Um, but he was. Uh, and after Tennessee initially kind of struggled, uh, I think Lane did pretty good. I mean, he's a guy that's, it's, you know, he played up, up the road at, Gib- at Gibbs and over in Coryton. Um, I think it just played in three career games in three seasons. He didn't play in any games last season. was sort of buried on the depth chart, but you know, gets his call. They slide Jerome Carvin to center and uh, they rushed for over 300 yards. So decent job for him uh, coming in the game after Cooper Mays got his ankles rolled up and was kind of hobbling a little bit. So um, yeah. And that, that, those were a couple guys that, that, I think in terms of takeaways that were positive, I think you can point to, to those situations as well. Yeah, that was definitely going to be K. Ron Calvert uh, if he had not, you know, torn his biceps. He was he definitely would have been the next guy in. So, yeah, that's when you're going to Ollie Lane, you're seeing some people go, oh, how, ooh, what's going on there? And then he ended up doing all right. So, and, and I'll say this too, last thing before we go to break. I think the one of the biggest reasons that, that Small and Evans both ended up with, what, 116, 120 yards, somewhere in that range. We'll see what the final adjusted number is because there were different numbers on the sheet and the final stat sheet we saw uh, online. So we'll have to figure out which one of those is right. But the bottom line is both of them are, are between 116 and 120 yards. And they did that on, what, 22 carries for Small, 16 for Evans. They did all that. And I think part of the reason is this. After those first couple of drives, I think you saw – and this is the only this is the only Garantano comparison I will make, period, in this podcast. You saw Bowling Green say, you know what? I think we need to drop back on this. And so for the rest of the game, Bowling Dream started dropping seven, started dropping eight, and, and giving Milton a million seconds to throw the ball. And they were just basically telling Tennessee, you know, run it, run it, run it, run it. They were trying to bend, not break, because they did not want to get scorched by Tennessee there because the first couple drives, they looked like they had no chance. And also, even despite that happening, if there's no holding call uh, on – on right, on Darnell Wright on the third drive, and no drop from Hyatt on the second drive. Those are both probably touchdown drives or at least field goal drives as well. So neither one of those things has anything to do with Joe Milton. So there are a lot of things that I think did not have as much to do with Joe Milton as people think they did, um, but some of them were. But some of that is also Bowling Green dropping back eight or dropping back seven and saying, you know what, we're just going to go into – we're going to put two guys in each zone. We're going to put two over the top. We're not going to let you beat us that way. So lots of things that Bowling Green did to shrink the game. They got their paycheck. They got their reps. You know, they got out of the game a little bit of what they wanted to. So that that's that's what I thought about that. So let's let's hit the pause button there. Let, let's go step, step away, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, other fun things. And then we'll come back and we'll discuss, and Pat alluded to it just a little bit earlier, which I think is good why people were so negative about that performance. I mean, they were supposed to win that game. The The line opened at 28. The line ended up being 34, 35 by the end of the week, and Tennessee won by 32. So, so again, Vegas knows. But also, if they did about what was expected, what's the – What's the rub there? Why is everyone upset? Let's take a break. Let's pay some bills. Listen to products, services, in-house ads, other fun things. Come back and discuss that here on the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad.
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on just a beautiful Friday morning. Uh, a beautiful, cool, you could say, almost cool Friday morning here in God's Zone, Knoxville, Tennessee, coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio, just about two miles away from Neyland Stadium, where last night Tennessee opened its 2021 football season, opened the Josh Heupel era with a 38-6 to win over Bowling Green. Of course, uh, you know, hey, if after the whole Georgia State thing earlier a couple years ago, it's better than, better than losing, right? You know, win the game by 32 points, that's something, that's a good way to – a decent way to start the season. Talking about that with our good friend, the one, the only, Patrick Brown, the Tennessee football beat writer at Govals 24-7. He is from the undisclosed location at his house. And, and Pat, I, I don't I don't want this segment to be just the metaphorical grabbing of the neck and, and you know, <laughs> telling some of these Tennessee fans, what is your problem? What is your problem? What is your problem? But I think we need to have a little discussion about reality, maybe. Is that a harsh way to put it? No, I think it's it's reacting to the reaction. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a fair way to put it. Reacting to the reaction. I can I can I can do that. I think that's a that's a that's a polite way to put it. I kept thinking in my mind last night, when things weren't going quite as well as I thought. They could be going, and you just saw it on our message board at GoVoss247.com. You saw it on the checkerboard. You saw it on social media, certainly, on all our social media channels. You saw the reaction starting to flood in, like, oh, my God, this is just this is JG 2.0. This is Tennessee's still terrible. This is not going anywhere. They're going to go 3-9, and nine, you know. And, and, hey, maybe those things happen. I don't know. But I don't know how you can know that from last night. I don't know. At some point, it's like, are you just incapable of potentially seeing something for exactly what it is? There were times I wanted to remind people last night. Guys, last season's Tennessee Volunteers went 3-7. and seven. Now, that's an SEC-only schedule, but they went 3-7. of seven. They did lose, I believe, seven of their last eight games. They did lose a few players to the NFL and a whole lot more than anyone else to the transfer portal. They do have a first-year head coach putting in a new system on offense, new system on defense, new systems that we saw last night on special teams, new players all over the place. What did you expect? Did you expect them to hit the ground and just go out there and drop 60 points in the first game? Were you expecting them to look like 
with a quarterback who got there in the summer, were you expecting them to just go out there and light the world on fire? I'm trying to be polite here, but Pat, what the hell were some of these people expecting? Well, I predicted 55-17, so maybe I'm part of the problem. Well, I mean, I, I think I said, uh, I said 52-17, I think. So, I, I mean, we're not... I, I didn't get some of the... The disappointment at the at the win. I mean, if you, the performance has plenty of holes. I agree. Um, I, I don't think we need to sugarcoat that. But I mean, this program just went through eight months of crap, right? Yeah. I mean, admit you know from, and really you can even extend it back to last October when they were, you know, whatever happened in the locker room in Athens at halftime when they were beating Georgia, and then from that point on it was a an ish show. Um, to have. The, you know, the stadium full again, the atmosphere was there to start the game. Um, and you win by 32 points. doesn't matter who you're playing. I, I didn't get some of the gnashing of teeth, so to speak. But uh, like I said, I think some, you know, that happens every year. We always talk about it, right? That that wave of optimism comes in August. And it's like, okay, you know, Joe Milton, you know, Joe Milton comes in. He's looking good, takes the job, he's, you know, wins the job in two weeks. Uh, you know, this, this offense got a lot of speedy receiver. All these guys are, uh, you know, breakout stars waiting to happen. This offense put up 40 points a game, all this stuff. You, you start building up some expectations in your mind. Um, and, and some of those expectations were not met last night. Now, were those expectations realistic? I guess that's the, co- that, that's the topic of conversation. Um, and, and maybe some of them were, maybe some of them weren't, but, um, I, I don't, I don't get maybe the negative to the, to the result. You know, I don't get some of the negative reaction. I get being disappointed that they didn't look better. Um, but I, like I said, I think some things were just built up and then it wasn't delivered upon. And that's why you're seeing some of the uh, the way things are. And again, I mean, this is this is not, you know, Hypo and this team aren't, you know, this isn't like in a vacuum, right? Yeah. They're, 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 they're in the process of dealing with, you know, trying to change things that have been happening for years, right? Yeah, you know, bad um, offense, bad quarterback play, uninspired play, all that kind of stuff. And, and um, I, I, I shouldn't say uninspired play because since he's defense, I thought played pretty energetically. Yeah, I did. Um, they were off. They were on their heels a little bit in the second quarter, but I think that was more because I, Bowling Green just found a groove. They were calling the right play. They were executing. That happens. You know, they got good coaches that are getting paid to, to do their jobs, and they got players on scholarship too. So. Um, but but I think some of that is coming. Some of the reaction is just coming from you thought you were going to see something different, and at first you kind of did. You saw a defense that forced two three and outs. You would go down the field, two touchdown drives. Looked like it was going to be the kind of night that everybody wanted, and then it just didn't happen. And I think, as we've said, it's a starting point, right? It's first game, new system. This, you know, this offense they're not going to be a well old machine right out of the gates. That's one of the reasons I I have been kind of picking them to lose to Pittsburgh, and probably will now too is that that defense has been established. You know, they've been playing the same defense up there under Pat Narduzzi for six, seven, eight years now. That That's their identity. They have one. Tennessee is still in the process of building its identity, and it's going to be their second game in this offense. It's not going to be, you know, now by game eight, maybe not game eight because that's Alabama. Maybe by game six and seven, they're going to be more consistent. They're going to be better. You're going to have guys like Jalen Hyatt, and some of these other players that haven't played a whole lot that are going to have a lot more experience, a lot more snaps under their belts. Um, you're going to have Milton have, and, or, you know, you're going to have Milton has, you know, more time in the system. You're going to see more consistency come from it. So, um, I, I, again, I think it's, 
there was just some sort of built up expectation of something different and it was not met. And so that's why there's some of the reaction. It is, um, is it fair? That's you know, some of it probably is. Some of it probably is not. Um, was there booing last night? If there was, I didn't think it was warranted. Um, but, um, but yeah, so it, it was supposed to be a, you know, everything was in place, right. For Tennessee to have this, uh, play really well, blow a team out by 40 crowds back in student sections, full got the lights. Everything was there to like release all of the frustration of the past uh, of the off season. And, um, it kind of started out that way and it kind of sputtered. And I think that's why there's some, some disappointment in, in the reaction that we've seen, um, from fans on our board and, and elsewhere on the internet. Yeah, speaking of sputtering disappointment, I did not come out of that first break in this podcast reminding you to please go out there and hit the subscribe button on this podcast. Please rate and review this podcast. It'll just take about 90 seconds out of your day. If you could do that, that would help us a good bit, guys. Go in there. We do this for free, and we're happy to do it. But the one thing we ask for is that you go in there. If you're just listening on the website, hey, that's awesome. There's no wrong way to listen to this podcast. But what would really help us is if you go in there on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartTuning, Google podcast anywhere in the world you can get a fine pod you can get this very very fine go boss 24 7 podcast so please go take just about 90 seconds out of your day rate and review this podcast helps us helps us get this out there to everybody helps helps uh if you spread the word word of mouth that's one thing that helps us out a lot um, but if you just go in there and, and get those algorithms going even more we can keep growing this thing as we've done since the start of it three years ago the numbers have been really fun to watch sort of without fail They've gone up every year, year over year, month over month, all those good things. So please help us keep growing this thing. We're happy to do it, and we're happy that you're enjoying it. Or if you're not enjoying it, we're happy that you're at least listening to it, right? I mean, <laughs> you might be driving off the road right now or punching your desk at office, or punching your, your, your office desk saying, why are these people saying I'm not allowed to be frustrated? Hey, we're not telling you how to think, how to act. You you, you go think or act however you want to. If, if you think that what you saw last night means this will be a three and nine football team. Go right ahead, man. Nobody's stopping you. Nobody's sitting there. Nobody's telling you how to live your life. Go think what you want to think. I just think that if you want to be more realistic about this, I think you got to understand this is a long season and a lot of things that happened last night that did not go well, in my opinion, in 20 years of covering this stuff, those are correctable. Now, will all of them be corrected this year? Probably not. Sometimes a team just has flaws, man. That's where they are. They have shortcomings. They have things they don't do well. And you have to game plan around those things because you can't leave your guys exposed by trying to focus on something that you don't do very well. I think now it's totally different. I don't care what level of opponent you're playing. 60 minutes against a different team, against a different set of people who are not your own guys. Watching film from that, learning from that, taking it to the practice field, and Tennessee staff will have now a couple days to sit there and watch over this film because the guys are mostly off for a lot of this weekend. And so they'll go out there and go into next week for the pit game, and they will have a lot more film to watch on what they did well, what they did not do well. And I think what's that old coach is saying? You get better. Your, your most improvement comes from game one to two. Maybe that happens. You know, maybe Tennessee's you know defense gets Byron Young back out there, which we should say there was there's a bit of an eligibility snafu from a like a prep school he went to after high school that may or may not have started his eligibility clock earlier than they thought it did. 
he'll still have time to play at Tennessee. It's just a matter of, you know, does he have two years or maybe three years left, I think. And and the reason he was held out, too, is that because of that situation, you have to go back and double-check his academics, right? And so the risk is that you play a guy that retroactively is not eligible, so on and so forth. Carry on. And they they do believe, as of this point, um, that they still will have a chance to get him back uh, for the pit game and go forward and everything's fine. But but now, now because of that, you have to go back and double check and and because he did have a bit of an un, un you know a unique story anyway. Uh, so just kind of check into what all that means and what his eligibility is. Bottom line is, I think he's Tennessee's best pass rusher off the edge. Although Tyler Barron did look good last night, and it's going to be a good player. Young just has a different, you know, he's just a little bit older. He's got there's a lot of things I like about his game. So we'll have to go back and see if how much how much that changes things. If he can play, how much uh, does he add to that defense? If he in, is, indeed is eligible, you know, I, I think a lot of those guys on the linebackers who got lost a little bit in coverage at times last night, you know, missed a couple of gaps, other things like that. That stuff that be that, that can be cleaned up offensively. There's a lot that can be cleaned up. You know, the offensive line. Um, there were it did look pretty good at times. And then there were times where it just did not, you know, it, it, it had, I think, three holding calls that all of them were pretty punitive. They ended up, you know, costing Tennessee touchdowns. Uh, they, they were all – and back-to-back holds on a guy like Jerome Carver as much football as, as he's played. Yeah, that should never happen, but it did. And it took, you know, not – it took a touchdown off the board, then took an almost touchdown off the board just like that. Uh, and then you had the one on right that was earlier in the game that, you know, they have all the momentum in the world, they're driving again, and then boom, that penalty of his sort of sets that drive back and they end up punting. You know, the drops from Hyatt are things that I think you can correct. It's just, give you know, go out there, get more reps, keep playing, that's going to be fine. The overthrows uh, to Tillman, and, and Tillman said this a couple, you know, as of what, earlier in the week? When he said, listen, Joe and I are mostly on the same page, but we, we still need to get closer to the same page. And he said that. He said, Joe and I are good, man. We're good. It's just sometimes there's little things here or there that we just need to play more together, and, and we'll get that sorted out. Maybe that's part of the reason why those couple of, you know, those deep routes are in the game. Maybe that's why he put a little bit too much on them. Maybe he thought, well, you know, I don't want to get this ball picked. I want to put it out there for him. Um, but – you know, I, 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 maybe he just put too much on it because he was thinking Tillman would get under it. And then later in the game, he throws it to, to, to Tillman in a place where he probably shouldn't have. Um, but then Tillman goes in there and jumps over the guy and makes the great touchdown catch. And, you know, he's got some acrobatic touchdown catches in his career. I'll give him that much. Uh, I, all those things are things that I think can be corrected just by playing more football. Am I wrong, Pat? I just, I think that there's, there's a lot more. I put that game under three categories, kind of things I, I liked, things I didn't like, and things I'm not sure about yet. By far the uh, largest pile was things I'm not sure about yet. Yeah, I, I would probably agree with you on that. And I, and I thought your column was, uh, was was pretty spot on after the game. It, the world we live in now, everybody's got to have a take, right? Everybody's got to have a hot take. You react in the moment. Everything is so in the moment that – I mean, it's like you were laying out at one point UCF last night and Gus Malzahn's debut was down, what, three scores or something like that? Yeah, in the first half. It was like, ah, Gus has lost it. This, you know, Auburn looked good for firing him, all this, you know, that was the take. You know, after two drives, it was like Joe Milton's the guy. He's amazing, all this. 
you know, he's the answer that we've been waiting for all this stuff. And, you know, and it doesn't take long for those quote unquote narratives, which is a word I'm going to hate flip. Yes. So, um, and it's just one week and, and, you know, for most college football teams that aren't, you know, Alabama and Clemson and, you know, maybe Ohio state, how you play one week is not necessarily a guarantee of how you're going to play the next week. Right. So Tennessee, you know, they can come out against Pittsburgh and look much better on, on both sides of the football. Um, they could come out and look really good on offense and look really bad on defense. And, you know, that's not going to necessarily mean they're going to play that way all season. So, um, you know, I, I think it's sort of a pump the brakes. It's okay to be a little bit disappointed, but like the sweeping, oh, they're, you know, this won't work in the SEC. Milton's not the guy. Some of that reaction is probably a little bit over the top. Um, if you're, if you were hoping to see a 63 to seven win and you didn't get that, that's okay. 38-6 is still a win. Um, and after everything this program has been through, it's probably nice to just have a win to feel good about. So, yes. uh, but I, I don't, I don't think that, you know, you know, listening to Heifel after the game Thursday night, he wasn't really like, this was a great night. I mean, he was pretty honest and saying yeah. pretty blunt that like we can play better on offense. We will play better on offense. So, um, and he was pretty complimentary of the defense as he should have been. Cause I thought that, um, you know, they played pretty well on that side of the ball. You know, they gave up uh, – I had the numbers somewhere. I'm trying to rattle them off the top of my head. I think on the two drives that Bowling Green kicked those two field goals, they had 118 yards. And on their other eight drives and their first ten drives, by the time it was the middle of fourth quarter, it was 31-6. to uh, On their other ten drives, I think they had five three-and-outs and a four-and-out. The four-and-out came after a, a turnover. So it was good to see, a, you know, Tennessee's defense step up after a sudden change situation. So yeah. – um, and I think those eight drives had like 51 yards. So, uh, you know, there was a lot to see on defense, but you don't really know what to make of it because it was Bowling Green, right? That's the that's mm-hmm. why there's a lot of, as you put it, a, a lot in the unsure pile. Like, okay, the defense line looked good. Can they do it against Pitt? Can they do it in SEC play? You know, can these guys at, at linebacker and, and defensive back, can they um, hold up better in coverage? Um, you know, I, I thought we saw some good things from Jeremy Banks against the run. Yeah, you know, but did. these linebackers in, in coverage is still question mark. You know, Aaron Beasley was in position to maybe make a couple plays uh, against the pass. Um, you know, he, he got bailed out on a pass interference call because the ball got tipped. He had another one that uh, they threw it just by him. Um, so, uh, you know, they, and they gave up a couple slants here and there. So, um, but that's the thing, though, is you just don't know what to – you can't really – I don't think you can take too much of it from, from Tennessee's defense. I don't think you can – base your expectations for the rest of the season on what you saw on Thursday night. Uh, offensively, you can maybe a little bit more because some of Tennessee's issues were self-inflicted. Like, okay, guy's open, throw an accurate pass and hit him. Mm-hmm. Don't hold. Catch the ball and it's thrown to you. Some of those things, as you said, can be fixed. And if they are fixed, this offense is going to look much better. So they have to fix them. Heifel, I think, was very clear in saying that, you know, there's a lot that we can correct and will correct. Um, and he didn't, he didn't sound overly thrilled by how the offense played. I mean, he, he talked about Milton and rattled off some things that he didn't like that Milton said. And he was like, Oh, there's some positives too. And, and I kind of followed up and asked him, I was like, okay, what are some of the positive things you said? And he said like two things that he liked and then was like, eh, but he should have done this better. So that just tells you how his mindset is as, as a guy that's played quarterback and coached that position, uh, for a while and has called plays. Um, you know, he knows how this offense is supposed to be run and if it's not run right, he's the guy that, that's going to know it better than anybody. So um, that's kind of where I am. There's probably a little bit more in that unsure category for me with the defense and with the offense. It's probably 
maybe a little more delineated by, um, okay, Small and Evans. Like, I think those guys will be able to get the job done Mm -hmm. against anybody. Mm -hmm. They run hard. They get downhill fast. They push the pile forward. They would, Jeremy Pruitt will love them because they always fall forward. Fall forward. Forward. Pushing the pile forward, you know. So you would you see why they recruited Tyon Evans because that's exactly what Pruitt wanted to do. Um, but you know those guys are kind of they're kind of shifty. They're kind of sudden at the next level. So I think those guys, I think you can say how they played, and probably say, yeah, they can probably do it against SC, an SEC defense. Again, only time will tell if that's the case. But um, and, and there's things you can say that you liked about Milton's performance and that you didn't, um, and that's fine. But like I said, some of the um, this team still sucks. This guy's not, you know, this coach isn't going to get it done. They need to change quarterbacks. All that stuff I think is way over the top, way premature. And like you said, let's like kind of like the, the tone of your column is like, okay, let's pump the brakes. Let's wait and see. And I think that's some of that reaction is some of my reaction to some of that reaction is let's wait and see. Yeah. The last, the last point I'll make here is that the, and this is the last thing I'm going to do before we get out of here is that the way Tennessee plays offense uh, is not easy to do uh, in terms of the administration of that offense. You, you, if you were last night, if you had not, if you'd never seen UCF play, if you'd never seen an offense quite like that, that's what they do. That's the pace they go at. It, they can, they can vary it a little bit, but generally speaking, they want their foot on your throat from the opening kickoff into the end of the game. They want you to be, unsorted on defense they want you to be uncomfortable on defense but to do that you you have to be really really quick in all of your thoughts and everything you do and I thought you know to have no like major false start penalties or anything like that they they administered the offense to be honest much more crisply than I thought they would even on some of those drives where they didn't go very far they still were up there on the line they were ready to go everybody knew their positioning everybody knew where the ball was where the ref was they did all that stuff exactly the way you need to do it. I mean, running backs were not celebrating after runs. They were getting up, finding the ref, throwing in the ball, and getting up and going. They did all that, I thought, pretty well. And, and he, and I, but here's the thing. I asked Heupel about that specifically. I said, I said, Josh, it looked like the administration of the offense, you know, procedurally went pretty well from the outside, did it? And he kind of went, yes and no. He said, because I think some of the mistakes offensively in terms of receivers getting the right message and all that, I think maybe a couple times – guys weren't as crisp in getting their assignments maybe as they needed to, or they had a little bit of, you know, a little bit of rub here and there. Uh, a couple things were off a little bit. He said, generally speaking though, he thought they did pretty well there. If I'm, if I'm paraphrasing his answer correctly. So I think even in those areas, like you just said, Pat, about something else, even when we asked Hypo, you know, what, what did you like about this? He said, I liked a couple things. There was a lot more I didn't like. So I think to me, that's a coach who very, very plainly last night said, listen, it has been a long seven, eight, nine months for these guys. We've worked hard. Football's a hard game. I want every win to be enjoyed without question. Let's enjoy this win, but let's understand that we got a long way to go. That passing game looks nowhere near where it should be right now. And he didn't, he, he didn't have any problem admitting that. He just said, listen, um, I'm happy about the win, but I know how much better we need to get. So I don't think this guy's naive about any of that stuff. Oh, I thought I was on mute. No, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I think that it's one game. Let's not go over the top here. Uh, it was one game against a bad team. Um, so, you know, don't over – the bad was probably not as bad as it 
as it seemed and the good is probably not as good as it seemed probably somewhere in the middle like most things are so let's let's see how they look against pittsburgh pittsburgh plays I don't know who they play on Saturday. I think they have an FCS team. So probably can't read into too much what they're going to look like anyway. So um, that's a big game for Tennessee. And I don't think it's any question that offensively they have to play a lot better from the quarterback position to wide receiver, to offensive line, everywhere. Um, and uh, and I'm interested to see how much, you know, there's going to be things that they didn't show in this game offensively and defensively. I mean, uh, probably the biggest departure defensively on Thursday night was – there were no like sub packages, right? Like Jeremy Pruitt loved his third down dime yeah. formations and he'd run four guys on the field at the same time. Right. Um, he didn't do that once last night. I don't think they subbed in the, uh, in the secondary at linebacker in, in a drive. I think they did some on the defensive line within a drive. If the drive was longer, you know, they, they would throw a different group in there to start a series and, and things like that. Um, but you didn't see like, you know, they didn't run three different pass rushers out there on third and 10 like the previous staff did. Do they do that next week? Is that something they're going to do moving forward? That, that I don't know. And so that and it's kind of the same on offense where, um, you know, I'm sure they have more than, than, you know, a lot of this offense is, is repetitive, right? Mm-hmm. It's because it's similar concepts, it's similar um, in the way they do things, but I'm sure there's going to be wrinkles that they're going to see and build on from there. But I, I you know, let's see how, like I said, like, like you said, I mean, Teams make a big jump, supposedly, from game one to game two. Let's see what it looks like. Yeah, uh, Pitt's first four games. Uh, you can spot the one that's not like the others here. here here's Pitt's first four games. Uh, UMass, Tennessee, Western Michigan, New Hampshire. One of these things is not like the other. Yeah, I, don't, I w- sleep on the, don't sleep on the Broncos now. Hey, I, I understand that. They, they've, they occasionally will, will, will put some – put some guys out there in the draft. They'll do some things. We have a friend, my wife and I do, who went to Western Michigan. He, I don't want to offend him either. I'm sorry, buddy. You know, I, I, I'm i not trying to be rude here. However, I think generally speaking with those first four, you can see which the big game is for Pitt. It's not hard to figure that out. So Pitt might also try to be vanilla somewhat in the first game going into the second. But I think we can pretty much get out of here now. I, I just wanted to get home the point, from this end anyway, that I think – People probably just need to chill a little bit. I think first game, some good, some bad, a lot more we don't know. Let's just see where things go. And and, and I put it this way. I don't know whether Joe Milton is going to end up maximizing his talent, but I damn sure want to see him try. I want Tennessee to throw this kid out here because I think if he puts this together, this is a ridiculously fun quarterback if he gets some of these things straightened out. Is that fair to say or is that putting it – is, is that putting the car before the horse, or, or is it, what, what are we doing there? No, that's fair to say. I think that's fair to say, too. Pat, I know you got to get out of here. We all got stuff we got to do today. Man, go on, get out. All right. See you, Wes. And you know what, guys? Thank Pat for joining us, and thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We say that every week, every episode. We mean it. We mean it every time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. And Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govoss247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govoss247 and get everything throughout the day that you need for some Tennessee football information, basketball information, all that stuff on there. But if you want the most delicious, perfect 
most just crystal clear East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water right from the tap. Go directly to GoVols247.com and get that done. It's the best site on all of Al Gore's internet to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball, Lady Vols coverage, where Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us. You can get all of that there. we got two forms running around the clock. we got the checkerboard and the summit. Or as long as it's not political or religious in nature, you can discuss anything you want all day long, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world and with us on the staff there at Go Vols 24-7. All of that. All of that. And plus, what, an average of more than two dozen like fresh content items per day on average? I mean, just a ridiculous amount of bang for your buck there. And you get all of that after a free trial. You get all of it for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. And if you pay us less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access. As long as you're paying us, you get access for free to Paramount Plus, which used to be CBS All Access. Now it's Paramount Plus. It's a $100 plus annual value in your pocket that we just give you. People, thousands of people, all thousands and thousands and thousands of people pay $100 plus, ducks, 100 plus bucks a year for this. And we give it to you for free. It's everything in the CBS catalog ever made, commercial-free. It's all uh, it's new movies. It's old classic movies. It's a lot of live sports from Tennessee SEC Vol stuff to uh, NFL, PGA Tour, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, just soccer tournaments, soccer cups throughout the world, all kinds of stuff. All the rest of the SEC, all of it is there. All of it is there. And you get stuff through the catalogs of MTV, BET, Smithsonian, Nickelodeon, Comedy Central. All of that. Something for everybody in the family. Everybody, people are cutting the cord, right? A lot of people are cutting the cord these days. They're getting all the streaming services. We'll give you one that's $100 for free. I mean, if nothing else, you don't even have to love our site to take advantage of that deal. My goodness, guys. It's a great deal. Go take advantage of it. GoVols247.com. We will get you pointed in the right direction. If nothing else, if nothing crazy happens over the weekend, you will hear from us on Monday to get get it kick-started for Johnny Major's Classic Week, Pit Week. Lots and lots of fun stuff there. I'm happy Tennessee and Pitt are playing that game. That'll be good to see how much improvement Tennessee has made and where things are. So until then, guys, be safe over the weekend, over your holiday weekend. Be very, very safe. Be very good to each other. Uh, be careful there, social, socially distancing. Please, please, please wear your mask when you need to. Uh, please be careful at some of these family reunion-type deals. Um, get that vaccine if you can. Football season started. Let's see the end of it. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.